He had been a sometime practitioner of Zen and was always going on about living in the present, the breath of the present, they called it. But now he had to admit he could never achieve that goal, no matter how hard he tried. No one could achieve it, not even the Buddha himself. He stepped over the lip of the tub, and the velour of the bath mat felt the same as it always did, soft and welcoming, only now he realized It was an illusion. It used to be soft and welcoming a nanosecond ago. But now? Who knew? He threw on his robe and marched into the kitchen. Margaret looked up from her oatmeal and said, What now? He grabbed two slices of whole grain, slid them into the toaster, and watched the coils rouse themselves to brilliant orange. He warmed his palms over the slots. What if a small star was suddenly created one light year away from us, he said to Margaret. And what if it instantly began traveling toward us at just under the speed of light? What would we see? We'd see a star six trillion miles away when actually it was almost already here. Or maybe, because it was so close, we'd see it big and bright and also small and distant at the same time. But the main thing is, we'd never see it as it is, and by the time we figured it out, by the time we knew it had been created, it would be on top of us, and we'd all die. Would you like regular or decaf? She replied. No, I'm serious, he said. I know, she said. But it's a hypothetical star, isn't it? Yes. Then have some coffee first. He carried his toast to the table and sat down dejectedly. Maybe we can worry about something else today. What do you think? She said. It's on my mind. I know, but why don't you tell me what your day's like today? Oh, I don't know. The usual, he answered cagely, remembering he was going to buy her a bottle of perfume. But then he also recalled he had a client coming in, and he had to present to them the new TV spots at around 10.30, so he couldn't buy the perfume in the morning, and he said, Shit. What? The Protox people are coming in today. You'll do fine, she said. The words fine and Protox together instantly brought up an image of Denise, the art director, and her tattoos and he tried to imagine what it felt like to get tattooed, the needle going into his arm, leaving behind lines of orange and blue. But he had no idea if this was really how it was done, whether it was lines or dots or what, or if you had to be drunk, or if they let you do it sober, because he didn't like needles, period. And Denise had such thin arms. Whenever he went to have his blood drawn, he had to turn his head away because he couldn't stand watching his own blood fill up the vial. And then he wondered how much blood there is in a human being. And the answer is ten pints if you're a man and less if you're a woman, unless you're a big woman, like a weight trainer. And he thought about the muscles on those women, and he wondered what it would be like to sleep with a muscle-bound woman. It would be kind of gay-straight because their breasts do sort of disappear. Aren't you going to eat your toast? Margaret asked. Oh, no, you take it. Thinking about Protox. It's a disgusting product, she said. 
don't you ever get sick of hawking that crap? Here we go, he thought. It's advertising, it's what I do. But happily, she let it drop and instead leaned over and kissed him on the forehead. Are you all right now, Bones? She asked. Of course. No more planetary catastrophes? Can I be sure that when you come home tonight, the world will still be in one piece? Ha <laughs> ha, he said. She gave him one of her slightly condescending smiles and then returned to the Times, which she now read electronically. He went to the bedroom, threw on some slim-fit khakis and a sports coat, decided on the court of loafers, checked himself out in the mirror, congratulated himself on the fact his stomach didn't stick out over his pants, which it did on practically everyone else his age, which was forty and some months. He still had a full head of hair.